Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. In the book of Psalms, the psalmist writes this lyric. He said, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. You know, up here we have this nice ice cold glass of water. And if you've ever gotten to the point where you were extremely thirsty and you were able then to get your hands on the ice cold water, whether it was after a practice or a game or a long run or just a hot day, and you grab that water and it refreshes your body instantly. As the deer pants for the water and goes after it and longs for it and then is refreshed by it, our soul, Christian, is refreshed by our relationship with God. And every time you interact with God, the God of the universe, whether it's in private worship or in public worship, you have a fresh cup of cold water that nourishes your soul instantly. Christians should rest differently than the rest of the world. I want to show you this verse as we kick off our talk tonight. In the book of Genesis, it says in verses 1 through 3, this is the very beginning of the Bible. And on the seventh day, after six days of creating the world, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy because on it, God rested from his work that he did in creation. Man, if God needs to rest, so do we. God said at the very beginning of creation, this pattern, this understanding of what it means to rest. Now, God didn't need to take a nap. He didn't need to make sure that his muscles would recuperate from all the heavy lifting that just took place. But God's rest is not physical rest. It is soul rest. And we can't truly, truly know and feel and experience rest without allowing our souls to be at rest. And so tonight we're calling this discussion Real Rest for the Stressed. Whatever you're coming into tonight, into this worship service, whatever you're bringing in with you, the cares of this world, the pains of this life, the the thoughts and anxieties All of those things can be handed over to Jesus, who can give you real rest. And so tonight, we're going to sum up our talk with the term restology. Over the last four weeks, we have been looking at the study of rest. And you have been in in a class, in a master class about what true rest is. So tonight, I want to just remind us all what it means to rest, what true rest is, what we've looked at over the past few weeks. I want to tell you about rest, and then, for the rest of the service, we're just going to show you rest. We're going to be done with the talking, 
and we're going to experience it. And tonight, I hope that you will, you will take the opportunity to experience rest, to physically allow yourself to rest in the presence of God, and that this activity that we do tonight, you will be able to repeat over and over and over again, every time you come to a worship service, every day that you interact with God at home in your personal and your private and your public worship. This is the theology of rest. Here's what we've looked at so far in our series. Kind of the first statement that we looked at was rest yourself before you wreck yourself. And the underarching truth of this is you need rest. God rested, so, do I, so should we. And if you don't take some initiative, if you don't take some intentional steps towards rest, you're going to be in trouble. And we looked at the story of Martha and Mary, two sisters who interacted in this world in a very different way. They had different personalities. They had different cares and different concerns. And Martha was all about all the needs and everything that had to get done and all the work that was in front of her, while Mary was able to sit at the feet of Jesus and just totally focus on him in the midst of life. Martha, being exasperated, then comes up to Jesus and says, hey, I'm doing all of this work, and I just don't think it's fair. And by the way, my sister's not doing any of it. She's just listening to you. And Jesus' own words said to Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Think about all the things that you become anxious about in a given day or in a given week or in a given season. Maybe you've got a, a child that you're sending off to travel the United States. Maybe you've had a fight with a spouse or the marriage has just never been so thin. Maybe there's been an illness or an accident. Maybe there's been some financial strain or stress. Maybe you're just finding yourself particularly on edge and sharper with your children than you normally would be. Maybe the Eagles lost far too many games at the beginning of the season. Whatever those anxieties are, you can relate with Martha and listen to the words of Jesus. You are anxious and troubled about many things, and you should not be. Because there is one thing that is necessary. And Mary figured that out. Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, has chosen the good portion which should not be taken away from her. Do not let your anxieties and your cares push Jesus away from you. Push time with God uh, off into the distance. Interrupt your regular gathering with God's people to worship together in a group. All of these things, Jesus said, is a cup of cold water. When you come to me, I will quench your thirst. But if you try to get through all of life without me, you will run it thirsty because nothing will satisfy. So we must rest ourselves before we wreck ourselves. The second thing we talked about was this idea of rest not being possible without peace. And Bonnie and Travis Emmett said, amen. You can't do it. You need to have peace in order to rest. But we fill out that truth with this idea, peace is not possible without Christ. We can run after vacations that will, 
refill our spirit. We can go after extra hours of sleep that will nourish our bodies. But true peace and true rest are not possible without a relationship with Jesus Christ, a personal relationship with Jesus who connects us to God. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, you do not have access to true soul peace. You may be able to rest your mind. You may be able to rest your body. You may be able to rest your emotions, but you will not be able to rest your soul. The Bible says in John chapter 16, verse 33, and I have said these things to you, that Jesus is God, that you must believe in him for salvation and accept him into your heart, that Jesus is the way to God. I have said these things to you, that in me, in Christ, you may have peace. Because in this world, guaranteed, you will have trouble. But take heart, I, Jesus, have overcome the world. Some of you are here for the first time, and some of you have come back time and time again. And you yet do not know if you are a follower of Jesus, or you have yet to make the decision to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to invite you tonight, even through this exercise, to say, God, I'm in. To tell him that you know you're a sinner and that you're carrying those sins, and you want to trust him for eternity and believe that Jesus is the way to God, that he died on the cross, and that he rose again from the dead, and trust him for your salvation. Ask him to come into your life and save him. Become a disciple and a follower of Jesus tonight, and then you will have access to the Holy Spirit, to, to God, and to true peace. And Christian, if you're traveling through life with anxieties and cares and hurts, you don't need to. You don't need to. We should be able to rest more than any other person because we know God. The third thing in restology that we've looked at is when your greatest concern is walking with Jesus, all other concerns vanish. When your greatest concern is your relationship with Jesus, learning him, knowing him, listening to him, following him, caring about him, all other concerns vanish. And we looked at this ancient text, Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What can, what can erase our fear of evil? What can erase our fear of death? What can take our concerns and cause them to vanish? For you are with me. When Jesus is walking with you, all other concerns vanish. So, don't allow the concerns of this world to be carried by yourself, but hand them to Christ. This is the study of rest. This is what it means to allow your soul to rest. Now, if you're anything like me, you can hear all of this stuff and you can go, that's great, I agree, I totally understand what you're saying, but now I have no idea what to do. Tonight, we want to show you what to do. And we've summed things up with the same phrase every week, and I bring it before you one more time. No single practice brings more rest than listening at the feet of Jesus. What do you do? What do you do when you're in need of rest? How do you get, 
Stop being sick and tired of being sick and tired. What if it's just all these new gadgets that are throwing you for a loop? What if there's some major hurts and hurdles that are in your life? You need to sit at the feet of Jesus. And we've said this quote, the best advice I know is to devote yourself to the word of God and to prayer. This means private worship and public worship. Privately praying falling on your face before God, having a constant connection with him, getting into the word of God, learning how to read it, investing time into it, allowing God to speak into your life, to speak into your hurts, to speak into your hurdles, and gathering together with the church of God, the church which God has established for our time and our day and our generation, the church which should be a non-negotiable for every follower of Jesus, and allow that time in church to be a time of rest, when you worship through song, when you listen to God's word, when you serve in the church, when you fellowship with others, that is truly rest. Rest is not the absence of activity. Rest is activity that takes you to Christ. So we rest in God through our worship. And tonight we want to invite you to do that very thing in this space and in this time. You know, there's been a lot that I've been able to soak into myself. I'm like a sponge and I've got all kinds of stuff that needs to come out and we just don't have time to do it. So if you want to talk a little bit more about rest, if you have any questions about rest, any, any kind of uh, feedback that you'd like to have, we're going to jump on Facebook Live tomorrow night at nine o'clock and again, just present some things for everyone who wants to participate in it. And any questions that you may have that we could answer during this time, I want to encourage you to take those next step cards that Pastor Scott talked about and write those questions on there and then we'll answer them during the live thing. We won't say your name or where they came from. Just let us know what questions you may have. But tonight we're going to be done talking about rest and we're going to start resting and hopefully start filling your souls. I want to read for you one of my favorite passages of Scripture which shows us how to rest, which shows us how to enter into the presence of God and to take everything that we are carrying and give it to Christ. So if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to go to Hebrews chapter 12. If not, we're going to be able to put everything up here on the screen. But it's a great passage for us to listen to and to live by. And it's going to inform the rest of our activities together tonight. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily entangles us, which so easily clings to us, which so easily clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know, the picture that's being drawn for us in this moment is a picture of running. Your life is a race. You started like the Emmett twins the day you were born, and you've started running, and you've begun to run this race called life. And when God invented life, when God invented you, he created you to run the race. And he created you to live a life that was abundant. Every day is a gift from God. The Bible says this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You don't have to suffer and plod through this life. You don't have to go through life tired and stressed and anxious and concerned. You don't have to go through life beaten down. That is not the design that God has for you. God has allowed you to be a part of a race where you can excel, 
a race that you can enjoy, where you can be filled with joy, where you can be filled with love and kindness and be able to interact with other people who are doing the same thing. You get to run. And that's a blessing. And that's a gift. So how are we supposed to run this race? He just describes it for us. Listen, other people have done it. You're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. There are other people around, other Christians that you can look to who have shown you how to rest. And I think even in this room, there's just an incredible number of people who are handling life's difficulties well and they are still running the race with patience. They're still running the race Fixed with their eyes fixed on Christ. And they are an example for all of us to follow. Pardon me if I embarrass you in this moment. I didn't get permission to share any of these stories, but I'm about to do it. In the room today is Luann Leonard. Luann, if you haven't met her yet, and I, we're a church plant, so we're officially five months old as of yesterday. Luann has been a part of Branch Life and been a part of our core team for over a year now. And I've known Luann for over 15 years, and we've just had a wonderful, uh, wonderful experience together as friends. But it wasn't terribly long ago that we were together uh, at Luann's husband's funeral. He died suddenly of complications from lupus, uh, shoveling the snow of his driveway so that his older, oldest daughter could come home from school. One moment present with the, lo- present with the family, and the next moment present with the Lord. He was an elementary school principal. And you know elementary school principals are the best, right? Who picks that? Just the coolest people in the world pick to be elementary school principals. And all of these kids, these hundreds of kids at this school, lost their principal in that same moment. I remember standing at that funeral service and Luann placed herself right in the front when child after child came up and she looked at them and they were crying and she hugged them she said it would be okay and that she would be fine because she knew God and so did their principal the strength in that moment was awe-inspiring how does somebody do that they do that with a relationship with Jesus the James family is here and not too long ago they had their own funeral service that they went through and their, their daughter who died so young, so tragically. But the James family have traveled through that hurt and that pain and they've wrapped their arms around countless families that have been dealing with loss and grief. How does somebody do that? How does somebody travel that road and yet care for others at the same time? How do they run that race with joy? It's only through a relationship with God. Some of you in here right now are battling cancer. Some of you in here right now are going through relationship problems through divorce. Some of you right now don't know where you're going to work just a couple of weeks down the road. How do we get through it? How do we run the race? The Bible says that we run the race by throwing off every weight and every burden. It's a literal, literal picture. You know, if you're trying to run a race, right, and I was watching the world championships a little bit today, the racing thing, and these guys were getting ready to go, and they said, on your mark, get set, go, and the gun goes off, and they start running. You know what I didn't see? 
none of those guys were carrying anything. They were just running, just running the race. Yeah, I, I imagine if they came up to the starting blocks and, and they got there and they looked at their coach and they said, I'm, I'm going to run the race, but I'm going to carry this with me. And I'm going to try to win, but I, you know, I think I really need to do this. I think I need to hold on to this. And the coach would say to the runner, no, 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 don't, don't carry that. It's going to slow you down. And the runner says, no, no, this is mine to carry. This is my burden. This is the thing that I'm holding on to, and, and it's my responsibility, and it's, it's something that's, that's, you know, only I can deal with. And the coach is going, but you're going to lose. You're not going to be able to run like you're supposed to run. Jesus says, I have a race for you, and I have a race for you to run, and you get to run the race and you just need to cast off your weights and burdens. You don't need to hold on to them. Otherwise, it's, it's not going to go well. But so many of us say, no, God, I'm going to hold on to this. This is my burden. This is the thing that I'm carrying, and I don't think anybody else can do it. It's my job. It's my employment. It's my house, and I don't know how I'm going to make the mortgage payments. It's, it's my relationship, and I know that they've left me, Lord, and I know that it's not, I don't know what we're going to do with the kids and everything that I have. I have to deal with it, and God, I know it's a, a sickness, and it's something that I have to work through and, and be able to deal with it. God, I'll carry it. It's what I had, and God said, I did not design you to run the race with these burdens. I have designed you to give these to me so that you can run free. And the burdens that we carry are often things that are no fault of our own. But life happens. We live in a sinful world. We have broken sinful bodies full of other sinful people. Bad things happen in this world. In this world, you will have burdens. You will have trouble. You will have these weights. But this verse also talks about a second category, and that's sin. And there's so many things that are heavy in our lives that we have chosen ourselves. They result out of poor choices that we make. And God says to us, there's things that you're supposed to do and there's things that you're not supposed to do. And, and, and I, I don't want you to do them. And God didn't list a bunch of sins because he thought, you know, he's going to make our life harder. He actually define sin for us because if we avoid these sins our life will be better but we'd like to think we know what we're doing and so we start often picking up our our own sins and God I know I'm, I'm supposed to be pure and I know I'm supposed to be faithful to my wife but um, there's some stuff that that I keep going to and I keep looking at and there's this relationship that I want to be in and, and I shouldn't be in and I know I'm not supposed to gossip or lie but you know if they really knew the truth, so I'm just going to tell my boss a little white lie, and, and then my boss finds out, and then I get fired, and boy, I have more burdens that I have to hold on to, and, and God says, listen, sin so easily gets in. It so easily trips us up, but it's not supposed to be a part of your race. Don't let sin in. Don't let sin trip you up. You can get rid of it. So God says to run the race and to throw off, to get rid of, to set down, to cast aside the weights and the burdens that you're carrying. The Bible says if, if you confess your sins, that he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You don't have to carry any of these things. But look at the next verse. He says, look to Jesus, 
look to Jesus as you run the race. Because Jesus is the founder and the perfecter of your faith. Because Jesus endured the cross for the sake of joy. Because Jesus, despising the shame, he is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Well, how am I supposed to run the race? Don't, don't run the race holding on to this stuff. Don't run the race looking at this stuff. He says simply, look to me. Look to me. Look to the cross of Jesus and worship him and listen to him and participate in a relationship with him. And when you do that, you are able to take your weights and your burdens and your sins and you're able to lay them down at the foot of the cross. And then you are free. Then you are able to run. Head up. Eyes fixed, fixed on Christ. Not on my problems, but on him. Consider this. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. So that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. You see, Jesus was treated very unfairly. Jesus had committed no sin and no wrong, yet he was crucified. Yet he endured the shame of the cross. Yet he endured the pain of the cross. At any moment, he could have called down 10,000 angels to take care of every soldier that was nailing him to those boards. But he endured it. And some of you are carrying the burden of abuse. Some of you are carrying the hurt and the pain of somebody else inflicting upon you physical harm, emotional harm, or sexual harm. You have been treated unfairly. Listen to me. Jesus understands. You do not have to carry that weight. You may have been robbed. You may have been stolen from. You may have been lied about. You may have been treated unfairly by a family member or an employee, or a boss. Jesus understands. Consider him who, who bore such abuse from sinners, who still allowed himself to be sacrificed for you and for your sin, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. When you fix your eyes on this Jesus, you can run the race. You see, trust in Jesus allows us to have the peace that passes understanding, which gives us the ability to rest. Are you trusting in Jesus? Are you trusting in him? Do you trust him enough to give him your eternity? Do you trust him enough to give him your burdens? Do you trust him enough to cast off those sins that we all so easily fall into? Are you putting your faith and trust in Jesus? If the answer is yes, but you do not have peace, you need to reevaluate your trust. Because trust leads to peace. And when you're stressed, and when you're frustrated, and when you're angry, and when you're anxious, it's often because of an absence of trust. You are trying to carry a burden you were never designed to carry. But when we put our trust in Jesus, we lay down our burdens and he gives us peace and rest. Listen to these statements that Jesus himself makes. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. My burden is light. Be still and know that I 
am God. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome this world, and I will build my church, which is a source of power and community for all of us to rest in. Tonight we want to go through an activity that I call casting. And this is something that you can do here tonight, and this is something that you can do any day of the week. I want to encourage you to allow it to be a pattern that you follow in your life, to regularly cast your cares on Jesus, and to literally go through the motions. And there are seasons and times in my life where I will do this quite often, literally and figuratively. And I've done this in many groups, in many different ways, in many different settings, but it's based on two verses, Matthew 11 and 1 Peter chapter 5. In Matthew 11, we read it, it was read for us in the opening video, come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Literally, come to Jesus. Come to me. Come to the throne. Come to my voice. Come into my presence, and I will give give you rest. My yoke Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. First Peter chapter 5, he says, Then cast all your anxieties or all your cares on him, because he cares for you. Jesus wants to carry these things, and he can handle them better than you can. So let's take our cares, no matter what they are, no matter what the diagnosis is, no matter what the hurt is, no matter what the sin is, and lay it at Jesus and trust him with us and just run the race that we have with joy. So in these moments that we have together, we're going to invite in just a second the worship team to come back up. And we're going to spend the rest of our time uh, allowing the worship team to lead us in a time of worship. They're going to read a scripture verse, and then they're going to lead us in a song. And there's about four songs or five songs left that we're going to sing together, four or five passages that we're going to read together. And tonight, you may simply just want to participate in the worship, listen to the songs, sing the songs, and listen to the verses as they're read. If that would be most encouraging for you tonight, I want to invite you to do just that. But I want to challenge you to actually go through the motions of the casting exercise during this worship set. We've set up a couple of stations or a couple of ideas for you to be able to participate in during the the worship songs. During the first scripture reading and song, I want to invite you to come up here to this station. And this station rocks, literally. It's pretty awesome. There's a lot of rocks up here. And these rocks represent your burdens and your sins. And I want you just by coming up and picking a rock to simply acknowledge that you have burdens and sin. By picking up a rock, you're saying, God, I have heavy things in my life. There are choices that I've made that aren't great. There are pains that I'm holding on to. And when you pick up this rock, you are representing those weights in a very literal way in your life. And then I want you to carry the rock. I want you to carry it with you. We're going to read a scripture and we're going to sing a song. And and you guys will have enough time about five minutes to come up and pick out a rock and then go somewhere in the auditorium back to your seat or somewhere else in the auditorium where you can just get ready to have a conversation with God. And then they're going to read a next passage of scripture and we're going to sing another song. And during that song, I simply want you to hold the rock that you have and ask God to show you or convict you of or to bring to your mind the different weights and the different sins that you're carrying. Maybe it's the weight of divorce. Maybe it's 
grief that's overwhelming. Maybe it's abuse that's been in your life. Maybe it's a sin, an activity that you keep finding yourself repeating over and over again. Maybe it's a lack of faith or a lack of trust. Maybe it's a hard, difficult marriage. Maybe it's a child that just isn't responding the same way that you think they should respond to God. Maybe it's one of any million things. And just allow God to show you those weights. And we also have up here a can of Sharpies, and maybe you brought your Sharpie. And when God shows you a weight or a sin that you're carrying, I want to encourage you to just write that onto the rock. Write the word angry. Write the word job loss, financial strain, worry or bitterness, alcohol or drugs. Write those words. And let them be represented in that weight that you are carrying. And if you don't want anyone else to see what you're writing, you can write it in code. You can put the initials on or you can draw a picture. No one's going to look at the rocks afterwards and go, oh my, that rock is bad. (laughs) So don't worry about that. Just between you and God. Then we're going to sing a third, read a third passage of scripture and read a third song. And during that third song, We want to encourage you then at your own time, at your own space, to have prayed over the rock and say, God, I am going to turn these things over to you. Forgive me for the sins. Help me not to carry these burdens. And then bring that rock and lay it at the feet of Jesus. And literally cast it away. Throw it off. Don't carry it anymore. Put it here. And for the rest of the night, you're not allowed to pick it up again. Leave it there. Leave it at Jesus. Trust him with it. And you'll have that third scripture reading and that third song to do that again in your own timing and in your own pace. Then we're going to read one more passage, sing one more song, and we want to invite you to then participate in communion where you just grab a cup and grab the bread. You can take them back with you to the chair, hold on to them, take it at your leisure. You can take it right here. It doesn't matter to me when or how you do it. But over the last song or the last two songs, just go to communion with God. If you're here today and you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can still go through this exercise. And you can literally pick up a rock and you can write on it, my eternity, my soul, my heart. And then walk over with that rock and place it at the feet of Jesus. You can trust God with your eternity tonight. And through this exercise, you can ask Jesus to come into your life and declare yourself a follower of him. I want to invite you to do that tonight if you're considering salvation. And ask him to come into your life. And if you're not sure if you're a follower of Jesus, I would encourage you just to skip the communion table. If you're holding on to something, even as a Christian, that you know you shouldn't, just skip the communion table. The Bible's very clear. Take communion when you have examined yourself and when you are in a spirit to be able to remember and be thankful for the death and resurrection of Jesus. And once you've turned over your burdens, Christian, then you can go over and grab the communion elements and just celebrate what God has done for you. He has taken your burdens. He has taken your sin. And then we're going to end the evening by singing a song that should be the truth for all of us. It is well with my soul. When we go through this exercise, we lay everything down to God and we say, God, it is well. When I come to you and worship at church, when I worship you alone at home, I can go through this motion, whether it's in my mind, whether it's with an actual rock or with a piece of paper that I throw away, I can cast my cares on you because I know, God, that you care for me. 
you have some extra time during this activity, I want to encourage you to interact with the card and let us know what some next steps may be for you. And if this, there is some way that this series has been an encouragement to you, would you let us know? Would you write that down for us? It can be a reminder to yourself and it can also be an encouragement to us. And if tonight you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior, if you decide to become a follower of Jesus, please let us know on the card that you did that. If you'd like to be baptized, if you'd like to join the core team, we'd love for you to let us know these things. And again, everyone who wants to is welcome to stay with pizza at the pastors. I'm gonna spend a little bit of time praying over us and then we'll go into this activity together. God and Heavenly Father, Lord, We come to you in this space and this time and we thank you for calling us together here as a church to worship you, to rest in you. And we pray, God, that as we go through these motions, this exercise of picking up our burdens, identifying them, naming them, and then laying them at at your feet and then celebrating your death and resurrection around the communion table, God, that you would truly bring rest to our souls. And God, in this moment, in this time, we would be able to rest in you no matter what life has dealt us, that we would be able to run the race that we've had before us. Run the race, God, that you've given us, fixing our eyes on you and be able to live life and life more abundantly. God, if there's any in here that don't know you as personal Lord and Savior, I pray that God, tonight, they would settle that once and for all, that they would accept the free gift of salvation. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just wanna talk to that person right now. If you're here tonight and you don't know if you're a follower of Jesus, you're not sure. Maybe you've been pretty religious. Maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe you've been wrestling with it and you know that you're not. In this moment, in this moment now, I want to invite you to to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Just simply pray this prayer in the quietness of your spirit that I lead, lead you in out loud now. If you're ready to become a follower of Jesus, just say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again for me. And I want to accept you into my life. I want to follow Jesus. I want to become a child of God. Will you save me? In these moments, if you've done that, man, that that means that you've just been reborn. The Bible calls it being born again. And it's that simple, the saving faith that a child needs for salvation can be accepted in this moment in time. If you've prayed that prayer, would you let us know at the end of the service and you speak to us. And if you have any questions or anything that you want to pray about after the service, when everything is said and done, we will have our prayer team members available if you want to continue in the spirit of prayer, if you have any questions, and they will receive you after this time. God, again, we thank you for your love for us. Speak to us in this moment, in these moments to follow. In your precious name we pray, amen. Branch Kids, we love you guys. We're excited for you. And if you choose, you may go to your Branch Kids meeting right now. Have a great time down with your leaders. And again, you are welcome to stay. And as the kids go out, I just want to mention to you, next week we start a brand new series. We'd love for you to be a part of it. We're calling it Welcome Home, where together we make our values visible as a church. And we want to talk to you each week about what Branch Life is about and what God is showing to us and how as a family we can live some things out that would just dramatically change our families, our lives, and our community. So join us next week for this new series that we're calling Welcome Home because we believe that we're better together. I'm gonna turn things over to the worship team. Again, do all that I explained at your own pace. I I hope you walk through this exercise.
Let's say this together. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
my 